So, John, what is the stupidest injury you've caused yourself? Probably the time when I was just you know, browsing the internet in bed, as I often do, mm-hmm. on my rather large Apple Mac, mm. and I uh, was a little bit hungover, so I didn't have the tightest grip in it. I was kind of, normally I'd sit up, but I was kind of hungover, <laughs> so I thought I'd just... I didn't want to like not be horizontal, so I kind of like the laptop. I can balance. see where I can see where this is going. Yeah, it was balancing on my knees, and I was kind of just you know typing away, and mm-hmm. then I let it slip, and it uh, cracked my nose open. Oh god! Yeah. Very painfully, the sharp edge of the screen just went. Mm-hmm. Really, then I had to go to your brother's wedding and spend the whole weekend explaining what had happened to my nose, which looked <laughs> like I'd been mugged again. It was... <laughs> yeah. Alas, nothing so interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he let us stay. And then, well, was, was was that when you got a branch to the eye as well? That was your brother's stag do. Basically, ah, yeah, okay. I should stop going okay, to things yeah. your brother organises or to do with your brother's love life. They always seem to end up causing me near death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just not very good at weddings and stag do's in general. This is true. I've also broken my shoulder on an unrelated stag do, mm-hmm. or a hen do, stag do, whatever, yeah. 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 It's not, not good for me, no. <laughs> <laughs> just stop partying, John. I should just, yeah. Or maybe my friends should just stop getting married, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck with that. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really, how, how that could it get? Let's go beyond, beyond the box set. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels. Wait a minute. That's the yeah, old that's, right. that's the old intro. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Head, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to Out of Sight. Oh yeah, it did change, didn't it? Yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> Slightly different intro, yeah. Okay, sure. Carry on. Um yeah, we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from my listeners with the ideas that they've come up with and posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. First, we're gonna talk through some of our favourite moments and give a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most inheritance. I got, I, got, right, I, got, I got a sweet little £19.81 today. £19.81? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this film even about inheritance, or is that just something you wanted to drop in there? I just think I wanted to drop in there. All right, fine. And joining me as always... <laughs> Who the died ho- and left you £19.81? pence. I mean, the majority of it came through a few months ago. Just oh, okay. like there was a, I don't know. interest. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how it happened, but whatever. Okay. Um, and joining me as always, the host with the most... Living family members. Yeah. It's John Lucas. I'm Catholic. Too many cousins. I'm, there's not a penny <laughs> coming my way. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> yeah, well. So, John, you picked this ball of shit. Oh, you didn't like this one? John, this was awful. Really? This was really bad. I'm surprised. I thought you'd like this. Genuinely. What didn't you like about it? A lot of it. Okay, well, go on. Un- un- unload. I didn't like the freeze frames. Okay. They were terrible. Some points they took away from potentially great scenes, okay. like say that scene when she like hits somebody with a stick at one point and it's really and she does it really smoothly and stuff, and then there's a freeze frame in the middle of it. Okay, it ruins it. Okay, George Clooney was not great in this. Really, I think this is like the definitive. Well, not. not I'm sure it is. Not, I, I'm, 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 I'm definitely not saying it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just he, he, he feels very. I don't know what it is. He feels a lot more pervy in this. Than he does no, in other things. Bit, yeah. He 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 feels like he has a bit more class in a lot of other films that he's done. Sure, I feel like this is this kind of sets up the George Clooney type. You know what I mean? This is like yeah, what made him George Clooney. Yeah, because before this he was in ER, just like nice sexy mm-hmm. doctor guy, and then he did Batman and Robin, which obviously was a disaster. Mm-hmm. 
and then it just some forgettable things. This was like his first real. It wasn't even a hit; it actually flopped. Yeah. But it it became like a cult favorite. Mm-hmm. But this is like the first one I think that set him up as like you know George Clooney's suave bad boy, which mm-hmm. I think is his main, the role that he basically plays all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. The sex music. <laughs> I did find the sex music a little bit distracting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very repetitive as well. It did feel like parody porn like you know not even what you hear in real porn what you hear in what like 70s porn mm. noises i don't know yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll give you that one that was silly yeah i uh, i mean there's 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 more we'll we'll have to get into it but no i'm really surprised i thought that you know you love a good heist movie and you know oh, no yeah, yeah yeah think of your words there i know okay well I love a lot me. of people think this is a good movie this movie has like 98 of rotten smarters so maybe this 90, is your problem 93 93 fine that is Absolute bonkers. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely surprised. Like, you know, Dangerous Liaisons, I'll be honest, I saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yentl, I saw it coming. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you took against this this much, really. I think it was really fun. It was, uh, it, 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 it wasn't. It, it didn't quite have the fine line of being serious and also being funny. Mm-hmm. It wasn't either. Like, it, it, it wasn't serious, it wasn't comedic, it wasn't light. It was somewhere in the middle and not enough of either. Okay, I think that's what I liked about it. It, it was, like, it was essentially a crime. I think most crime movies like that, that, apart from the really super serious Martin Scorsese four-hour-long Dear God, Kill Me Now mm-hmm. ones, but, like, a lot of, like, you know, stylish crime movies that mm-hmm. make crime look a little bit, little bit sexy, which this is definitely doing, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they, they do have that kind of mix of seriousness and comedic moments. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought the balance worked pretty well. Hmm... Like, it's fine you disagree. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just saying that I, I, I well, do think not agree with your opinion. I think it's largely that the comedic moments didn't really land for me. Okay. Like, if there were any majorly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not like laugh out loud for it. It's more just no, like no, no, entertaining. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like a Mission Impossible where like there will be a quip and it's funny. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of it. It was just all the bits of what is now a normal action movie, but without the quips and the funny bits in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's that level of fluff but without the funny bits to kind of lift it up again. Well, I think it's because... Because like, if you look at, say, a Mission Impossible or something... Sure. Nothing's really that serious. It is all fluff and, you know... Yeah. Well, it's not that... Well, no, this isn't as silly as Mission Impossible. No, it's... Well, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't, I think. Like, it's not exactly Mission Impossible. I'm just mm. using it as an example. No, sure. Um, just of an action movie that's light. And, yeah, sure. You know, it's family-friendly. Anybody can watch it, really. Not mm. that this is necessarily family-friendly, because... There's a lot of blood splatter in this. There is, yes. I wouldn't call this family friendly. No. Um, There's poor goldfish alone, right? Yeah. Or like to compare this to, let's say, a a Schwarzenegger movie. Sure. Because none of them is serious. Okay. I think you're looking at this from the wrong angle. And then they they all have like a quip or a joke or just a, you know, a memorable moment. And that kind of counteracts the lack of seriousness to it. This mm-hmm. one just doesn't have Okay, that. I don't think this is going for, like, a Schwarzenegger vibe at all. Look, stop trying to take my examples exactly literally. No, 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 it's, no. It's, it's not the same as any other movie. It's not Mission Impossible. No, it's, it's not Schwarzenegger. Own, that's it is. It's its own thing. Yeah, but, like... You're just not listening to my examples. I am. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not you're, sorry, you're, I'm you're, trying you're, to... You're, take, you're taking them too specifically. Or no, too, no, no, too literally. No, you're saying... Well, as far as I understand it, maybe I'm wrong, you're saying that you're comparing it to a lot of, like, big box office you know... Very broad, you know, quick, quick, quick kind of things. Well, yeah. like, well, I was thinking, like, is it True Lies? Sure, yeah, exactly. Like, that sort of thing. It's yeah. not that far off that. No, it's not that far off that, but I think and True it, Lies it, is it, a lot broader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
It's okay. Look, I'm, it's fine that you didn't like it. I'm not criticising you. I'm just saying that I, I don't think that... I think you're right. It's very much not like those things yeah. because it's not got what I've already said. Sure. It's, it's not got the the moments of lightness. No, but I, what I mean is I don't think it's trying to be those films. Well, maybe it should, or maybe you should try to be the other end of films. Okay, no, but okay, so what I think this film is trying and succeeding to be, in mm. my opinion, is it's more of like an old school, like, classic like 1940s kind of film, like they call it like film noir. You know, it's like a, it's a romance essentially. But this is a noir film. A little bit, like it's not that, but with a little bit of modern, you know, modern for 1999. Mm. You know, tongue in. There is a bit of tongue in cheek stuff mm-hmm. there, obviously, but it, it, it essentially, the, I think the relationship between George Clooney and J Lo is classic. Mm-hmm. You know, opposites attract. You know, she, she's on the, he's on the wrong side of the track. She's the, it's you know. ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but I think you just have to suspend your disbelief if you're going to enjoy it, and if you can't, that's fine. Have you have you read the synopsis of it? Yeah, no, it is silly, but because it is mad. The synopsis that I saw, at least, mm-hmm. it reads like a porno. It genuinely sure. does. Yeah. So it says, "Meet Jack Foley, a smooth criminal who bends the law and is determined to make one last heist. Karen Sisko is a federal marshal who chooses all the right moves and all the wrong guys. <laughs> now they're willing to risk it all to see if there's more between them than just the law." Yes, that is silly, but like that is. And the film's not that level of silly. No. If it was that level of silly, then I'd be laughing at it. Sure. I don't think this film wants you to laugh at it, though. I don't think that's what it's The description to... makes it sound like Yeah, but I don't think sure. the director and, like, wrote the, the description. And, that's marketing fluff. Yeah, but look, well, look at the, the, the music in it as well. Like, yeah. it's it's leaning towards that sort of thing. Just a bit of tongue-in-cheek, like, hey, this is silly. Let's have, mm. let's have fun with this. This film would have been better if it was taking the piss out of other films. Okay. I don't, I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't think that's what it's trying to do. So it's like you're criticising it for not being something that you wanted it to be, but that's not what it was ever trying to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's not that I wanted it to be anything. I didn't didn't want this film. Okay, well, Uh, fine. Well, there you go. (laughs) But just saying it would have been better if it was that. Okay. I want you to imagine that this was a film that was in French or Mm -hmm. Korean or any language other than English. Do you think you would like it more? No. Okay, I think you would. (laughs) I think it would put me off French films. Maybe. Because I just feel like you're right that this film has some quite silly, like, Plot mechanics, but you kind of just I, you kind of go with it because it's charming. Or, or maybe it's, it's just not things like at the start or near the start when he escapes from prison. Yes, which I've got some questions about, but we'll get to. Sure. Um, and they very quickly manage to overpower her and just throw her in the trunk, which yes. firstly seems very unrealistic. Like I did mm. not get from her character that she was that useless. No, no, no. That's uh, true. And, and, and like even after that moment, I still didn't get that that she was that useless. No. It really felt like, what the hell's going on here? Mm. And then he jumps in the boot with her, which yeah. was a, a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. And then just instantly starts flirting with her, and she is totally into it. <laughs> and yes, what it's... is that? That didn't. That was... Yeah, it's silly, but if you go, if you just go with none, it... None of the film is that silly again, though. No. Nothing is. And it, if any of the film was that silly, then I could take it as silly, but... I mean, you because... say that, there is a scene when a guy literally crushes a goldfish in a bag in his hands. That's pretty silly. It's pretty violent, I thought. Mm. I don't think it was Where did he get the goldfish from? He's in prison. Smuggle all sorts of things in. Okay, fine. What, up someone's arse? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> just, I'm just, I, th- I think the film had... I mean, it's a minimum security thing. They have yeah. a library, don't yeah. they? No. I think the film was very stylized. is the point. And that scene where they're in the trunks together, yeah, it's ridiculous. I didn't, I didn't get it as stylized. I just got it as like, oh, this film Mr. Mark here. Okay, well, that's the... That's interesting because that is the scene that most people would... If you ask most people, like, what's the, the iconic scene from this film, most people would say that one. 
because the lighting and the dialogue and like it's a classic like two people trapped in a small situation in a mm-hmm. in a you know in a situation and it's like oh there's a spark between them and, mm. and yes it's a bit silly but ultimately that's the scene that a lot of people you know if, if, if they like this film that's the scene that people ref- often go back to and go yeah that's a good scene mm-hmm. you know because that the, you know they've got the sexy red light in they're talking about classic movies mm-hmm. and you know and yeah of course it's unrealistic you know it but it's I don't know you either like it or you don't and you didn't mm-hmm. and that's fine so yeah yeah this is not gonna end well these things never do turns out I get shot like a dog it's gonna be in the street not off a goddamn fence you must really see yourself as some kind of Clyde Barrow huh I mean, a Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Part in the movie where they get shot when it's uh, Warren Beatty and uh, 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 Faye Dunaway. Dunaway. Yeah. I like it in that movie about TV. Networking. Should we get into a plot summary? I feel like we're, we're kind of circling around it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I don't know whether to describe this plot chronologically mm-hmm. in terms of what we see in the movie or chronologically in terms of how the... Because it does jump around a bit. Was that another reason you didn't like it? The jumping around? Yeah, I mean, at least with this one I understood, unlike Little Women, I understood when it was jumping around. Okay, good. That That's helpful. Yeah. yeah. So I'll try and explain the plot in a way that makes sense. This might jump around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So George Clooney plays... Um, Jack Foley. Yes. So George Clooney plays Jack Foley. Mm-hmm. He is a professional, quote-unquote, professional bank robber. Mm-hmm. He's robbed over 200 banks. We open the film seeing him doing one of his standard robberies, we assume. He walks out, his car won't start, it stalls, Mm -hmm. he gets arrested. I think after 200 bank robberies, you could afford a car that starts. Well, this too, yes. I question how he's spending his money. Maybe it was a stolen car. Although he does seem to have been in and out of prison, so how much of it does he actually get to keep? Maybe maybe not many of them actually go well. Who knows? He goes to prison. We cut to a couple of months, months, years later, when he's Mm. planning to break out, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a breakout due to happen on the night of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it involves a bunch of people essentially tunnelling their way out. Mm. And he pretends to be grassing on these people. He pretends to, like, inform on them. But what he's really doing is setting up the police officer so that he can also escape. Mm-hmm. Again, in a way that seemed, like, very reliant on certain things going exactly the way he hoped they would go. Yeah. Basically, it involved the police officer being behind him and being like, I can't see anything, so he can smash it. And there was a conveniently mm-hmm. placed vase that he could smash over his head like yeah puzzling but go with it yeah. <laughs> meanwhile we're introduced also to J-Lo mm-hmm. who is playing Karen Sisko mm-hmm. who is as is often the case with J-Lo playing an impossibly glamorous professional mm-hmm. in this movie she is an impossibly glamorous federal marshal mm-hmm. like so I'm, I'm guessing that's some kind of police officer in America yeah sure something to do with the prison system she seems to drive prisoners between the prison and Caught. Something, yeah, whatever. She's there for some reason. She's there at the prison that night waiting for someone who's not picking up the phone. While she's waiting, she sees the prison escape from outside the walls. She just sees the soil kind of being flung into the air. Mm-hmm. She gets out of her car, pulls out a gun, points it at the escapees, calls down to the watch guys that there's mm-hmm. people escaping. A gunfight ensues. Most of the escapees get shot dead. Two escape, two, two die. Esca- two escape, two die, and then George Clooney is the last out, and being ever resourceful, by the time he's got out, he's realised what's going on, and he's posing as a prison officer, briefly. Mm-hmm. There's also Ving Rhames is there. Oh, as- is that how he did it? Posing yeah. as a police officer. So he stole the uniform or something? Sorry, posing as a prison officer. Yeah, because he, he gets yeah. out and he's like, can't you see what's happening, guys? It's a fucking breakout. You know, and he's like, they went that way. He's just, he's, he's wearing like a, I think he's stolen like the cap from the, and he's muddied up his face. I didn't. They all had muddied up faces. Well, exactly. So yeah. they weren't looking at his face. Well, point, the point is, yeah, I, I, think I, I, did, I did not get that he was wearing a, a 
prison guardian. I think cop. that's why he knocked out the cop. That, you know, even though that cop was like twice his size, mm-hmm. but whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's the question I had. Really, I was like, why did they just leave him alone? <laughs> so does knowing that unlock the whole movie now? Now yeah. do you love it? Oh my god! Yeah. Great. Okay. Good. So basically, on the outside, his best friend Ving Rhames, mm-hmm. who's playing a character called Buddy. He's essentially his getaway driver, mm-hmm. and he's waiting outside. And so he's got the car waiting. George Clooney sees J-Lo, but he's, he's still pretending to be a police officer or a prison officer. Mm-hmm. But then Ving Rhames creeps up behind J-Lo. He's in front. He knocks the gun out of her, grabs her, picks her up, puts her in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Then he also gets in the trunk, which did make sense because that was so that no one could see him as they drove off. Yeah, no, I, I, I got that as to why he jumped in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Okay, good. I did have a problem with the amount of space in the trunk. Uh, yes, I agree. <laughs> For a very small car, they seem to be pretty, mm-hmm. you know, I agree. I'll give you that. But, you know, again, mm. you know, you're talking specifics here. Yeah. yeah. So while they're in the... No, I can, I can let that one slide. Don't worry. Good. Okay. So while they're on the getaway drive, obviously, Ving Rames is driving and J-Lo and George Clooney are in the boot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he starts just sort of chatting her up and she's quite... She's very calm, mm-hmm. considering the situation. But yeah. I guess she's a professional. Yeah. So she's kind of like giving him nonchalant answers, but then she kind of warms up a little bit, and they have a little bit of a you know nice dialogue. They're mm-hmm. talking about films that they like. And, mm-hmm. But what George Clean doesn't know is that J-Lo has another gun that mm-hmm. she's hiding, the, the gun that her dad bought her for her birthday. Because mm-hmm. what dad doesn't buy his daughter a shotgun for her birthday? It's also felt weird. Well, she's a police officer, you know. I, I, again, it's subversing expectation. She's, she's a beautiful woman. You think she's going to have a diamond, and it's mm-hmm. actually a gun. You know, that's mm-hmm. a deliberate misdirect. Mm-hmm. So she's got this gun, uh, and as soon as they get away from the prison and open up the boots to let George Clooney out, she turns around and points a gun at him and tries to shoot him. Mm-hmm. He Well, wow, clearly sparks did fly. Well, obviously she's not stupid. She's a law professional. She still tries to kill him. Yeah, because he's a criminal. It's an initial spark. But, but I thought sparks were flying. I thought they were in love. No, they're not instantly in love. They they're... really felt like they were... No, they were flirting, but she's still on the job. And then, you know, as time goes on in the film, she realises she's a bit obsessed with him. You know, he's, he's on her mind, you know. Look, you're ever going to go down this road or you're not. If you're not going down it, then, you know, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you what happened. Mm-hmm. So she... <laughs> Did you know, again? Did you not laugh when they close the boot of the car and then she just keeps shooting through the boot when he's trying to talk to her? What's funny about that? I, I thought it's good physical comedy. Like he's like, so I'm gonna open the boot now. Bang, bang, bang! Like it made me laugh. No, it's like no. Okay, well, did you watch this in a bad mood? No. Did you watch it like an hour ago? No. Okay. I mean, it feels like what's that? Oh, whatever. You're not usually this judgy. You've really given me a hard left turn from. Watching like twenty Oscar nominated movies, so suddenly this. This is an Oscar nominated movie. Really? Two. Best editing, so someone liked all the freeze frames, and best adapted screenplay. Oh my god, wow. You are I'm not saying you're wrong, but you are in the minority. This is genuinely a classic movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, this might be a you problem. Sure, I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Karen. Alright, Karen. Now you be a good girl now. I'm gonna open up the <laughs> Hey, 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 now. Now you're putting holes in your car. So she tries to shoot them. Uh, they, they have to slam her back into the boot again for a little while. Then mm-hmm. Steve Zahn turns up, mm-hmm. playing the role of Steve Zahn. Mm-hmm. The same role he plays in every movie. Yeah, I like him, but he does always play the same role. <laughs> and it always involves a lot of the word, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't do it. It doesn't actually sound like that, but, you know, whatever. Sure. He's got another car for them, so they're going to switch cars, essentially. Because they've stolen her car, haven't they, at this mm-hmm. point? It's obviously been a bit of a panic station situation. Yeah. So they have to transfer into Steve Zahn's car now, but 
Ving Rhames is all about leaving Jayla in the boot because, mm. you know, she's a liability mm-hmm. at this point. But Judge Clooney wants to take her with them for a little while because mm. you know, he fancies her, mm-hmm. basically. That's his yeah. only, only rationale. He's like, I want to see her, you know, yeah. not in the boot of a car. And while they're bickering about that, Steve's arm puts J-Lo in the back of his car. She reveals to him that she's a, a cop. Mm-hmm. She recognises him for a previous arrest he's been under where she drove him to the courthouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she talks him in, into basically abandoning the other two guys and driving off because mm-hmm. he's, she's like, well, you know what? At this moment, you're not an accessory. As soon as you drive off with them, you are. So, you know. And and since they don't treat him very well anyway, he's like, you know what? You're right. Mm. And then there's another scene that I thought was funny, even if you didn't, mm-hmm. when Ving Rhames is like, look, he's starting with the car. He really wants to go. And then he just drives away. Yeah. And they're both like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now let's think about this for a minute, Glenn. See if we can't work it out. Do we have a gun in the car? Oh, shit. I remember you. Look, Glenn, oh, hey. Foley's not going to make it. And if he goes down, you go with him. Now, look, I can understand if you guys are close. No, but... we're not. But, yeah, I'm helping him. So... No, 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 wait a minute. Glenn, have you helped him? I mean, technically, at this point, I doubt you could be charged with aiding a fugitive. So you still have a choice. You want to take it to my place, get cleaned up, come out of the bathroom with your aftershave on, yeah. and she goes, oh, I had you all wrong. No, I just want to talk to her again. That's all I just want. You know, I see what... Might have been like under under normal circumstances. It's too late for that, Jeff. He wants to get out of here, and I don't blame him. So while J Lo and Steve Zahn are driving away, they get into an argument. Um, she tries to take control of the steering wheel. The car ends up crashing. Mm-hmm. He runs away. She ends up in hospital. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, George Clooney and Ving Rhames just escape for yeah. the time being. Uh, what happens after that? Well, they, here we go to flashback for them in prison with Don Treadle. Yes, then we get some flashback to a previous prison mm-hmm. time with when Ving Rhames and George Clooney and Steve Zahn were all in prison. Mm-hmm. And this sets up the heist that is playing out for this movie, which mm-hmm. is that while they were in prison several years ago, George Clooney ended up befriending a rich kind of Wall Street guy mm-hmm. who was in prison for embezzling or something. Yeah. Played by Albert Brooks, who you probably know best as the voice of um, the dad in Finding Finding Nemo. Yeah. And we'll talk about his wigs in this film, (laughs) because I have a lot to say. Um, Yeah, so he's like a wealthy Wall Street type, um, a lot older than the other guys. And so George Clooney basically helps him out, defends him, protects him in prison. And over the course of that time, he and Steve Zahn both, well, mostly Steve Zahn, I think, learns that this guy keeps uncut diamonds in his mansion. Mm -hmm. Like, worth huge amounts of money. And he just kind of lets slip because he's quite naive that he keeps them in his house. Now, I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't okay. like the bit where we, where we work out where the the uncut diamonds are. Oh, I mean, so good. I mean, no, no, no. I, I totally guessed where they were okay. and like I was into it. Mm-hmm. But then they show them, and they're very clearly diamonds that have been cut and shaped to look like diamonds. Why write it as uncut diamonds if they're not actually going to be uncut? I've never. If they, if they still look like diamonds. Uncut diamonds, like. I saw them in Blood Diamond. Okay. That Leonardo DiCaprio film. Sure. They basically just look like rocks. Okay. I think maybe they, they just needed to give people a visual so people could understand get, what was happening. I don't know. Well, I guess, but uh, don't say uncut diamonds. Okay. Um, because, you know, your script is an Oscar winning script. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the script, I can't the, argue with that. The, the, the script should be better with the detail if uh, that's what the visuals are going to look like. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think they just needed to show the audience a diamond looking like a diamond so you'd be like oh that's where it is I mean they were still black rocks if the script was actually that good then the audience wouldn't need showing okay I I can't say I noticed this when Ving Rhames gets the diamonds at the end they look like black rocks to me 
yeah, a lot of them were black rocks that were, that were just actual fish tank stuff, but there was shiny diamonds amongst that. Okay. They look like normal diamonds. Would not the fish tank have worn away the uncutness and made them shine if you were storing it in a fish tank? They look the shape of diamonds as well. Okay. Okay, I'll give you that one. You can have that. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. This film is shit because of that. All right, fine. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so basically this flashback is just to pay into when we go back to the present day. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, when they all get out of prison, their plan is to rob Albert Brooks, rich Wall Street guy, mm-hmm. go up to where he lives and steal his diamonds because they, they know that they are in his mansion somewhere. Yeah. And so it's one last heist, essentially. Meanwhile, JLo, she's in hospital with the in- head injuries that she suffered in the car accident with Steve Zahn. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene that is, is revealed to be a fantasy scene, mm. which I was pleased was a fantasy scene because this was when I was a bit on... This is when I was on the cusp of being like, this film's stupid. Yeah. Where she goes into George Clooney's flat with no backup whatsoever, mm-hmm. wearing a very sexy jumpsuit mm-hmm. and um, finds him in the bath and then immediately starts like snogging him. Yeah. And, and at that point, I'll be honest, I was like, come on, JLo. <laughs> come on, JLo. <laughs> but then it was like it cut and it was actually just a you know a, a fantasy she was having while she was asleep in the hospital bed. yeah yeah i don't i, I did but find... yeah yeah I, that, that was the point where i was like this film has dropped off a cliff mm-hmm. but then when it pulled it back was it yeah. like well i know it was like oh great it jumped back on the cliff good. oh good okay it's still on the precipice <laughs> yeah karen we're talking in your sleep <laughs> What I say. Yes, yeah, so she's she's visited by an FBI officer who kind of takes her statement mm-hmm. about what's going on, and then I guess she gets out. I don't know, but she wants to be on the case. She she asks the FBI agent, agent to put her on the case because she's very like yeah wanting to be involved in this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, George Clooney is hiding out in some flat somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he's mooning over J Lo in this flat, and Ring Rames is like, "Get it together, man! Come on!" Yeah. But he can't, and he ends up calling J-Lo while she's at home, and they have kind of a little conversation, and she's like, you know, you're going to get caught soon. And he's like, oh, yeah, but uh, do you fancy me? Do you fancy me, though? Mm -hmm. That's what matters. And so then they hang up. And that is when she decides to pursue the case on on her own without the the authority of the FBI or whatever. Because then she starts investigating the background. She does some background checks on George Clooney's ex, played Mm -hmm. by Catherine Keener, Mm -hmm. who uh, I enjoyed her little small role in this yeah when she first she's in two scenes I think and the first scene she's on the phone to George Clooney and she's holding a giant white rabbit and it's like why are you holding a giant white rabbit Catherine Keener and then she just mentions that she's a magician's assistant it's like oh it all makes sense (laughs) of course she keeps the rabbit she's the assistant yeah what she would do so I like that so she goes to Catherine Keener's apartment asks for some background on George Clooney and she kind of gets a lot of exposition back about how he's like robbed 200 banks and he's you know this amazing bank robber Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, one of the guys who broke up in prison with George Clooney, but also suffered because George Clooney kind of ratted on him, essentially. The uh, Is it Louis, Louis Guzman, that actor? That last actor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, yeah. yeah, it is him, yeah. Yes, he shows up at Catherine Keener's house because he knows where she lives from talking to George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Probably intending to kill or torture her, yeah. just as revenge for George Clooney, like, double-crossing him. Yeah. But unfortunately for him... JLo's in the house. So then we get a great little tense scene where he's shouting through the door and JLo's like telling Catherine Keener what to say and mm-hmm. she doesn't ever get it right. She's mm-hmm. like, tell him you have to get dressed. You have to get dressed. 
Yeah, yeah, this scene was good. Yeah, and then he he breaks in, and then JLo immediately, with her superhuman strength, mm-hmm. <laughs> wrestles him to the ground and cuffs him. And then the FBI phones are like, what are you doing around Catherine Keener's house? We've already explored this dead end. Mm. And she's like, okay, that's fine. But if, if I was to bring in the other escapee, you know, theoretically, would you let me on the case? And he's like, yes, theoretically, if you bring in the other escapee, you can be on the case. And she's like, great, he's right here. <laughs> Boom, done and dusted. <laughs> uh, so she does that. And they track George Clooney and Ving Rhames to the hotel that they're hiding out mm-hmm. in. They get wind of this and they start to, and they leave. But there is a moment, so there's a moment where they're going down the lift. All the FBI have already gone up the stairs to break into the apartments. Was this another, was this another moment that you didn't like? I was out. You were out at this point. Yeah. Okay. I hated like a romantic meet cute. Yeah, but do your job, J Lo. No, like, she's she's terrible at her job at this point. But you know that that's not up for dispute. Okay. But he's, yeah. He's really Ev- sexy. Everyone's terrible at their job. Let's say you're a police but, officer. Yeah. Okay. Let's say I'm that police officer who's in command. Yes. I would definitely say, okay, let's have a couple guys here waiting just in case they're in the lift. You know, the lift that's not coming because that's somebody's not her in job. it. That's the FBI's failure, not hers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what the FBI should have done. That they really should have just left some people, like post people at every exit to the lift. That is absolutely true, and that is their fuck up. That's not JLo's fault. Okay, was JLo not on their team? She was, but she wasn't the head of the. She wasn't the head. She was just there. Okay. I think what they did was they left her to watch it, but then she screwed up by not being able to. You know, yeah. resist the sexiness of George Clooney. And also, they didn't think to put anybody down in the parking lot with all the getaway vehicles. No, you're right. The FBI are crap in this film. Really bad. Not disputing that either. Really, really bad. Yes, fine. So they're going down the lift. The lift doors open. JLo and George Clooney make eye contact mm-hmm. for a moment. Mm-hmm. She, can't, she can't bring herself to call it in. He waves at her. Doors close. They make their getaway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just building up this whole cat and mouse thing they've got going on. Like she's intrigued by him. So then they make their getaway and they head up north to carry out the the heist. Yeah. Basically, we get a few more flashbacks here and there to you know how the different characters play in, as well as Steve's arm. We've got John Shield who was also in prison with them, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a. I enjoyed the joke where they come up to me in the boxing ring, like in present day when they're out of jail, mm. and they're like, "Hey, Snoopy, how's it going?" And then like his. His big uh, bodyguard is like, what did you call him? Yeah. Like, call him that again, I dare you. Well, Snoopy? That's, that's, that's his, his name. name. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, no one calls me Snoopy anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, so Snoopy, uh, Don Sheedle, is another guy that they met in prison. He seems to be something, a bit of a psychopath. Mm-hmm. We find out that he was kind of George Clooney's way into building a relationship with Albert Brooks because mm-hmm. Don Sheedle was essentially uh, manipulating, blackmailing, whatever you would call it, uh, bleeding. Albert Brooks dry mm-hmm. by kind of protecting slash threatening him, you know, making him pay thousands and thousands of dollars for things yeah. like pillows and sheets and goldfish for some reason <laughs> that somehow he got into prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a horrible scene where he makes a deal with, with Albert Brooks and then at the end of the deal, there's going to shake on it. And instead, Don Sheedle just picks up the plastic bag full of goldfish and just crunches it, crunches it, crunches it up. Mm-hmm. And I hope this movie came out at a time when animal rights was advanced enough that there weren't actual goldfish in that bag. Because I was worried. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was looking at that bag like, there's poor goldfish. This is probably a long shoot. Mm-hmm. And then they just get scrunched. Mm-hmm. Awful. Pretty gritty sequel to Finding Nemo. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I did think that one sequel I could do, I didn't go this route, would be that the fish in the little plastic bag are somehow also Nemo and his, mm-hmm. and his dad. Yeah, What's his dad sure. called? Marvin. Mar- Mar- Nemo, Nemo and Marvin. Marlon? Marlon. Nemo and Marlon, yeah? Maybe. Something like that. It begins with an M, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's not Martin. I think it's Marvin. Yeah. 
Anyway, by some misadventure, Nemo and Marlin end up in a prison in a bag, and then it just ends horribly with them being crushed to death. I like it as like a body swap sort of thing. Yeah. Where like Marlin, he ends up basically in this in this rich guy's mansion or something. Sure. And he switches bodies with him. And now this rich guy, who he never cared about, is in the body of a clownfish. Ooh, I like that too, yeah. But he is now in the body of this rich guy. I want to go back and write my whole sequel now. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, maybe Nemo and, and, and Marlin so, and, die and, a horrible death in the prison, but Dory is, ends up in the tank that's full of the uncut diamonds. Sure, yeah. They all end up there, because there's a lot of fish references in this movie starring Albert Brooks. Yes. And obviously they did, couldn't have known that in 1999, but mm. it all tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wish I'd thought of that. Right, well, anyway. That's that's a lost sequel there. Finding mm-hmm. Nemo, out of sight crossover, nobody knew they wanted. Out of sea. Out of Out at sea! Oh my god. <laughs> my ideas are crap compared to that. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, moving on with this plot. Now they're all out of prison, Don Cheadle included, and he kind of... I think Steve Zahn came up with this plan because I think he's the one who Albert Brooks told initially about the about where he lives and how he's got the diamonds in mm-hmm. his mansion. But Don Cheadle basically takes over it because mm. he's very intimidating and scary. He's got a bunch of heavies, including this giant of a man who you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yeah. And so he takes over it. He brings Steve Zahn along, obviously, because he knows all the details and also George Clooney and Ving Rhames. So they all head up north and get ready to break into this mansion. Mm-hmm. J-Lo, of course, follows them up. Mm-hmm. And then we get another scene that I'm sure pissed you off when JLo's in the hotel. She's she's waiting. She's in a hotel. She's at a bar. She's having a drink on her own, and she keeps getting like just these awful wankerish ad men coming up and mm-hmm. you know trying to hit on her. And she's like not interested. She's trying to be polite, and then eventually she's like, "Who gives a shit? Yeah, just fuck <laughs> off." Which again, I thought she played really really well. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of real bored kind of. Oh, this happens to me all the time. Just go away. Mm-hmm. And then who should show up? But of course. George Clooney, mm-hmm. because he's phoned around all the hotels to find out where she's staying. Yeah, because that's romantic. Sure, you can't. I know what you mean. This film could be looked at from a very like stalkerish. Sense. It really is. He yeah. throws her in the boot of a car, jumps in behind her, and then just chats her up for ages and feels her up as well. I know you're right. You are right. That's not wrong. But I don't know. I I, I give this film a pass because it, it, she's not played as this dumb bimbo. She's she's a flawed woman who makes some questionable decisions, mm-hmm. but she's essentially very smart and capable, and she ultimately wins. So. Ah, well, that makes it okay, then. I'm not saying it makes it... But for dramatic license, sometimes <laughs> sometimes not every film can be perfect, you know. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, you know, yeah, you, you, you're definitely right. Am I? Not every film can be perfect. Oh, I see. Okay, very good. Anyway, so they end up having... I'm having a cute, I'm a little meet cute in this hotel where mm-hmm. they are pretending to be other people and they're flirting and it's all very steamy and then they end up going back to the hotel room and having sex mm-hmm. and then they have a whole conversation about how she's like, well, you know, I don't always go for bad boys, liar. Um, <laughs> and then, so, so then now they're fully like, you know, in love, in, in movie love, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves. He goes to this robbery. They break into the house. As it turns out, the house, it's a big old mansion in the countryside there is a housekeeper there who gets caught up in it, played by Nancy Allen. Mm-hmm. So it's Don Cheadle and Isaiah Washington. And Steve Zahn's not... Oh, no, Steve Zahn's not there because Steve Zahn escapes. Mm. Sorry, backtrack. Steve Zahn was supposed to go to this, but the night beforehand, he's at a boxing match with mm-hmm. Don Cheadle, and he's fully freaked out because the night before, he's been forced to kill a guy or whatever. Oh, yeah. So he tries to make his escape, and then J-Lo catches him, and he's like, for God's sake, not again. Why is it always you? <laughs> And she's like, look, I don't, just tell me where they're going to be tomorrow and I'll let you go. And he does. Yeah. And then he runs away into the night, is never seen again. Yeah. But this robbery, it's George Clooney, Ving Rhames, Don Cheadle and Isaiah Washington. So those four. So they break into this house. They capture the housekeeper and take her upstairs 
and they're looking for the diamonds. They don't know where the diamonds are at this point. Oh, and the bodyguard as well. The big, the big giant white mm-hmm. guy. He's there as well. Yeah. As two hilarious results in a moment. Yes. <laughs> um, the housekeeper says, oh, Albert Brooks doesn't even live here in the summer. He's, he's out in Florida LA, or something. In Florida yeah. or something. Yeah. Like it's just me in the house. But then George Clooney does a bit of hunting around on his own and he finds Albert Brooks hiding mm-hmm. in like a secret compartment or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't tell the other people right now that he's there. Uh, but he also figures out that the diamonds are in the goldfish tank. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, upstairs, there's a whole comedy of errors happening where Don Cheadle and Isaiah Washington are attempting to figure out how to open the safe. Yeah. Did you think someone was going to get killed by a ricocheting bullet? Oh, yeah. Safe? I, was, I thought it was going to happen to the poor housekeeper. Yeah. Because she was just standing I mean, right so in shock. was she, I think. <laughs> I think she was like, oh, for God's sake. Because at a certain point, she's just like, oh, for God's sake, the code is 40, 20, 23, or whatever yeah. it is. And they're like, oh, thanks. And then uh, we get the very pleasing reveal that the safe does not contain diamonds. Mm-hmm. It contains wigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because there's been a whole running joke about Albert Brooks wearing wigs for this entire movie, which I obviously enjoyed a lot. Why was he keeping them in a safe? Because they're very valuable to him. Okay. Yeah. To him. To him, yes. But if they're not valuable to other people, then why need they don't need protection? Well, maybe he was ashamed of his baldness and didn't want anyone to know he wore a wig, so his wigs were under lock and key. Ah, that that was the reveal that he wore a wig as well. It was, it? yeah, because yeah, we yeah. see him in flashback in prison, and obviously he doesn't have access to his wigs. So it's really funny, you get a reverse, you get a flashback later when he's actually in a full wig and you're like, ah! I liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Probably very expensive wigs, you know? Yeah. He's a wealthy man. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So they're only wigs, so. You'd think if they were expensive wigs, they'd look good. No, you know, there's only so much you can do. It's the 90s, yeah. Mm. Wig technology was not then what it is now. I guess so. So George Clooney gets all the diamonds, mm-hmm. goes back outside, gives them something rings, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're going to drive off, but then he kind of has a crisis of conscience, and he's like, oh God, Don Cheadle and Isaiah Washington, they're totally going to rape that um, housekeeper, aren't mm-hmm. they? And Ring Rames is like, yeah, they probably are. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back in. You go, though. You you've yeah. you don't need to get caught up in this. So Ving Rames drives away. George Clooney goes back into the, into the mansion. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, J-Lo has obviously followed them, so now she's also in the mansion. Some of the worst tailing I've ever seen. What do you mean? Well... They were going down a very, very small country track, mm-hmm. and they were both inside of each other. Sure. It's not like anybody wouldn't have known. Well, maybe she's just that good at, you know, looking like a regular person. She's that good at being undercover. But what sense does that make? It doesn't. You just have to go with it. So she goes into the house. George Clooney goes upstairs, rescues the housekeeper, mm-hmm. shoots Isaiah Washington. He's mm-hmm. dead. Uh, the maid seems fine. <laughs> relatively you know mm, yeah. all things considered then him and Don Cheadle have a whole shootout uh, Don Cheadle runs out of bullets mm-hmm. well oh. first of all the bodyguard has already shot himself in the head oh I missed the bodyguard that's the best bit yeah sorry so the big fat white bodyguard he's mm-hmm. walking up the stairs he, he sees George Clooney comes running up the stairs to kill him trips over shoots himself through the back of the head blows mm-hmm. his own brains out yeah it's so random well all I could think at that point was the quote from Modern Family oh gotta fix that step yeah <laughs> I was going to say it's so random, but... And it was foreshadowed, wasn't it? Like It, it was. Yeah. There's a few times when he trips over, and every time I, beforehand I thought, did he actually... Was it scripted that the actor was to trip over, or was that just like a f- funny thing they kept in, that the actor stumbled over, mm. and then, well, let's keep it in, because it makes his character look funny. But yeah. no, it all pays off, because he just... He's clumsy. He trips over a lot, mm-hmm. blows his own brains out. Mm-hmm. And then George Clooney's face is so good. It's just that kind of like, wow, that was, that was really lucky. I can't <laughs> believe that just happened. <laughs> yeah. So then he runs upstairs, then him and Don Cheadle have a whole fight. Mm-hmm. It ends up with them wrestling on the stairs because they both mm-hmm. not got their guns for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 
And then JLo runs in and saves the day, shoots Don Cheadle dead. He dies a very dramatic kind of belly flop onto the fat guy and mm-hmm. just kind of goes, ah, he's dead. Yeah. Then JLo's got George Clooney and at gunpoint and all the other cops are coming. She can't let him out, basically. Mm-hmm. you know, it, It's all game over. Mm-hmm. The net is drawing in and he's like, you're going to have to shoot me. And she's like, no, no, just just surrender, just surrender. And he's like, no, you've got to shoot me. I can't, I'm not going back to jail. You've got to shoot me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, please, please don't let me do that. I love you. And he's like, no, you've got to shoot me. So she goes, fine, I'll shoot you. And shoots him in the leg. He falls over, screams in pain. Mm-hmm. She handcuffs him. He gets arrested. And then the film ends with him being driven back to jail. Mm-hmm. She's driving him back to jail. She gives him a little lighter to play with on the road because mm-hmm. he likes those, we find out. Uh, and in the very last scene, we get a cameo from Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. who is playing a guy who is an expert at breaking out of prisons. Yeah. Like he's broken out of prison like nine times in a row. And he just keeps getting brought back in. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I wonder why these why the does two travel together. And George Clooney's like, I couldn't possibly consider. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're winking a nudge. The movie ends. Yeah. No. no, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I thought you. I really thought you liked this. It had one. its moments, but on the whole, it was just no. Like boring, no, or just annoying, no, or what? Yeah, it was more sort of boring. I think. Okay. So it just it, it really didn't keep me. Fair enough. Like it, it did have its moments where it was, you know, where it, where it, where it was a bit of fun, mm. um, and it had its memorable moments. But okay. no, fair enough. I just, I just didn't believe the romance between them. Okay. You didn't think they had chemistry. I, I, they had chemistry I just didn't sure. believe their romance didn't it felt completely unrealistic well it was and, contrived but I think that's the point like I can I'm fine with some with, with other things being unrealistic like, sure like I've already brought up Mission Impossible sure like, yes everything's like, unrealistic yeah. actually saying no, that's, not a bad, that's not a great example because he does everything he does true yes, he yeah. literally does mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay bad it's very realistic yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah um, this one just I don't know, it didn't land for me on the of how realistic or, or silly I needed the film to be. Okay, that's fine. Well, I apologise, I thought you would like it more. Mm. Yeah. I'm just going to have to keep throwing J-Lo movies at you until we find the right one. Yeah, no. Mm. <laughs> you win, Jack. I can't shoot you. You did. You shot me. You know what I mean. All right, then. Should we do drinking games? Let's. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so first one is drink whenever somebody mentions the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's good for the first 20 minutes of the movie, I'd say, yeah. yeah. After that, it doesn't really come up, but yeah, initially everything is built around the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's, it gets mentioned a lot. Yeah, and not does. just in Prison Escape context. No, no, J-Lo wants to watch it with her dad, yeah. yeah. It's just a little bit of a thing, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that could be a good one to get you nice and sizzled, mm-hmm. maybe. Get you in the right mood for the rest of the film, which evidently someone wasn't. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, drink every time J-Lo is very, very calm under pressure. Okay. She doesn't seem to ever, like, get particularly stressed out. Like when, it's because she doesn't care about her job. I think she does. She's a very dedicated US Marshal. Is she? Seems to be the... That's the impression of the character I got. That's oh, not the impression I got when those lift doors opened. But no, obviously at that point she's torn by her lust after George Clooney, but ultimately she seems like she's very big on wanting oh to be... Oh my God, she spent five minutes with him in the boot of a car, let it go. Uh, that's just, that's, it's, it's called movie magic, Harry, that's what happens. People yeah, fall in love with it unrealistically any. quickly. Uh, next one I've got is drink for bad police work. Sure, yeah. Because it's, it's all over it, the it, place. It is, it is just all over the place. Yeah, this movie is, is a lot of yeah, questionable police work, definitely. Yeah. Drink for a J-Lo costume change. It being a J-Lo movie, of course. She has lots of fabulous mm-hmm. costumes. 
Yeah, sure. Okay, drink for freeze frames. Yes, yes, yes. As much as they may annoy you. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but yeah. Drink every time Ving Rames talks about calling his sister. Sure, yeah. That's, there's a little running thing about how his sister's very, very religious and every time he's going to do a crime, he calls up afterwards and asks, asks us to pray for him. Except this one time he made the mistake of calling before he did the crime and she ends up dropping him in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, drink for shots of George Clooney's lighter. He does like to play with his lighter. Okay, well, before we get to sequels, just want to let your listeners know that uh, we're available on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash set, you can subscribe to us for as much or as little as you think we're worth. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, we'll be happy to accept it. Indeed. <laughs> um, if you do, you get a few bonuses. You get a bonus show where, about weekly, we uh, review a film that's in the cinema right now. We've actually just finished our Oscar season. Uh, which is great. We've got about two million episodes up. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> and, much content, guys. Uh, and we've actually uh, marked every episode that was, sorry, every film that was nominated for an Oscar um, as free. So you don't even need to sign up to Patreon to listen to it. You can have that as basically a taster, I guess. Yeah. Also, if you sign up, you get to have a 30-second advert slot on a main show where you can advertise whatever you want, your own mm-hmm. podcast probably. Uh, also, once a month, we do a Patreon episode also on the main show. Mm-hmm. We get a Patreon to pick a film for us. You can guest if you want to. You don't have to either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also get access to our exclusive Facebook group. And also on Patreon, you get extended episodes of our main show. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So all that is available at patreon.com slash set. Bonjour tout le monde, I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People, in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them. What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round the world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so, shall I go first? Please do. I can't wait to see what this is turned right. out. I've got a bunch of ideas. Okay. So, despite the fact that you hated this film, it, like, it did inspire you. I wouldn't go that far. What, hate or inspired? <laughs> inspired. Okay. So the first one here is called Heisters. Heisters, okay. Mm-hmm. I can see where this might be going, but by <laughs> all means, continue. So after the events of Hustlers... Sure. Uh, J-Lo, who only got minimal time in prison, mm-hmm. has got the bug for crime. Okay. We spend the first section of the movie in an Orange is a New Black style prison. Sure. Where we see that J-Lo is getting out in about a week's time. Okay. But she's completely against the system. She hates everybody, basically. And she doesn't want to be a good girl. Mm -hmm. So she plans an elaborate escape plan for her to escape the night before she's released. Well, that just seems stupid. Well, she doesn't doesn't want to follow the system. She wants to do her own thing. Yeah, she wants to show that she's doing her own thing. Okay. So, yeah, she's going to crack away out. She successfully climbs out the sewer. Shawshank style. Oh, so it's a full Shawshank escape. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining that and scene, it, but with J-Lo. Yeah. <laughs> Still with, like, perfect lip gloss and amazing gloss. <laughs> hair that hasn't moved, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the lighting just so flattering. Yeah. Um, and she escapes to freedom. Okay. With a newfound confidence, she picks up her life of crime. Mm-hmm. Not stripping for the Roderick Wall Street man anymore, but committing heists. She puts together an Ocean's 8-style team of seven women and a gay man for laughs. Sure. That's all we're here for. Mm-hmm. And they commit a series of heists in a montage. Oh, nice. Okay. Everything goes well until she meets a guy. Oh, no. Is it George Clooney? No, it's not George Clooney. But uh, I, I would like to pick... I've not cast it. I can't really think of anybody. Somebody who's basically like George Clooney in the 90s. So George Clooney? No, but... Now, John. Now. I'm, saying the, I'm casting this film now. Okay, well, George Clooney... That's how we always do it. 
Okay, sure. So, George so, Clooney so, does not look like he did in the nineties. Sure. Okay, fine. So you want so you want somebody who's about forty who looks kind of suave and yeah. Who do you cast like suave, charismatic, suitable love interest for J Lo? Yeah, yeah. Chris Hemsworth I didn't quite feel right no, for this. He's, he's not suave. Uh, Chris Pine. Maybe Chris... Chris Pine has a George Clooney quality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chris not Pine. Not as sexy, but I can see the comparison. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pine works. Okay, yeah. so everything goes well until J-Lo meets Chris Pine. Sure. <laughs> that sounds very realistic. Um, uh, he baits her by pretending that he is a very rich man with lots of treasures to be stolen or something. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, he basically draws her in, so she tries to do a heist on him. But oh, I he, see. But he catches her in his spider web. And claims to have beaten her. So he's double-crossing her. Basically, yeah. Okay. Turns out he's a man. He's a man of the law. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's like entrapment. Mm-hmm. But uh, instead of taking her and locking her up, he takes her back to his hotel, and they have very passionate sex. Of course they do. Yeah, and they absolutely fall head over heels in love. As of course they do. But instead of leaving the next morning like she normally would, um, whenever she sleeps with a guy, she actually stays and she wakes up spooning him. Okay. She's the big spoon. Nice. Okay. I'd like to see that image. Uh, J-Lo, J-Lo, Big Spoon and Chris Pine. <laughs> sure. Niche, but sure, yeah. I'm sure you're not alone in that. Um, now, she gets woken up by two of her crew breaking into the bedroom and pinning him down. They claim to be rescuing her. Okay. Because they think that she's been caught by a cop. Two members of her crew mm-hmm. are doing yeah. this. Okay, so who are her crew? I don't know. They're not in it for long, but like... Previous, like are they female prison yeah, fellow women? Like, or yeah, just... yeah. Two, two probably quite intense female characters. Sure. Two sturdy lesbian ex-cons is what you're saying sure yeah sure okay yeah yeah, yeah they don't listen to her uh, when she says that everything's fine mm-hmm. like you don't need to beat him up or anything like it's fine we're like we're in love yeah <laughs> we're getting married <laughs> uh, <laughs> and one thing leads to another and one of her crew actually shoots him dead splattering oh, J-Lo with blood oh no let's get all dark she slumps to her knees and sits there silently crying uh, while her gang members try to calm themselves down when one of them the one that killed him comes up behind her to tell her that they need to go she grabs their wrist, pulls her over, and grabs the handcuffs that she'd left by the bed from the last night. Sure. <laughs> and uh, cuffs them to the bed, thus ending her life of crime and beginning her honest life. Oh, I see. So does she turn them in or does she leave them handcuffed? She turns, she turns them in. Is she also not going to get sent to prison? Well, I mean... She broke out. You know, maybe she gets sent back to prison for that one day. <laughs> I think you'd probably get a bit of extra time for the breakout. Yeah, maybe, maybe she just leaves... Maybe she calls know. them in... Leaves them chained to the bed, and then she walks off into the sunset, a new woman. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that works. That okay. works. Cool. Okay, yeah. So that was like Heistlers? Heisters, yeah. Heisters, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first idea. Cool, very good. So this next one's called Back in Sight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did actually have a little bit of help from my girlfriend, Louise. Um, so Who? F- have you heard of her? Uh, I, I, I'm not familiar, sorry, no. Okay, well, great. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll meet her if you're nice. One day, yes. Yeah. She's living in Canada, right? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah. very funny. She's real! <laughs> anyway, so this is Back Insight. I look forward to hearing it. So this one, the story continues directly after the film. George Clooney and Samuel L. Jackson immediately get to work formulating an escape plan. Of course they do. Meanwhile... J-Lo is struggling to keep her focus um, as a detective as she is placed under investigation and subsequently fired. Because because the two people that she was driving, they managed to escape somehow. Um, she awaits Jack's escape, and once they are back together, he pushes the idea that you know they need to move on with their life. That he, he, he thinks they should open a strip club. Oh, I see. So again, we're working at all to hustlers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do any of these ideas not end in hustlers? 
Yes. Okay. But unfortunately, George Clooney isn't very good at staying faithful. I can't imagine he would be. Mm, and it's not long before he's fooling about with a couple of the girls. Of course. Yeah. Lizzo um, and Cardi B? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then J-Lo drugs him. She mm-hmm. steals his stash of diamonds, which, okay. he, which, which he still has. He still has like half the, half the haul that he took. Sure. And sets him up to be found by the police. Ah, so then she's, this yeah. is how she learns her hustle. Yeah, pretty okay. much. So he's now on a most wanted list. She puts money into the club, and that's how we have the beginning of what will become Hustlers. Nice, okay. That's a much more direct Hustlers like, prequel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, much more. Okay. Yeah. That was called Back Insight. So she goes from federal officer to stripper. Mm-hmm. Interesting trajectory, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> sure, okay. Very empowering. My first idea was the opposite, but yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, next one. Uh, I, I've not got that. I've only got 14 hours left, don't worry. You, how, many, how many more left? 14. 14? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're not going to read them. Pick the two funniest ones and leave the rest, please. We don't have time for this. So, <laughs> um, well, I've not actually written ideas for any of these. I've got titles. Maybe we could just sort of think of something. So next one. So it's called Out of Sight, isn't it? Yeah. Next one, Out of Office. Out of Office, okay. I would like to say it's the dramatisation of Trailer's inbox while she's out sleeping with George Clooney. Okay, yeah, that's good. Like, she's got a lot of work that she needs to do as a federal marshal. That is true. What is her day job in this? Like, yeah, but she's just out shagging clunes. Okay, so maybe that's, like, the story of her secretary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Her, her, like, personal secretary is, like, trying to deal with all the shit from her mm-hmm. leaving her job for multiple days. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, like sure. That. Played by, like, Ms. Melissa McCarthy or something. Perfect, yes. Yeah. Played by Mariah Carey. <laughs> She'd be so mad. J-Lo's secretary. Um, okay, next one, Out of Luck. Out of Luck, okay. Maybe it's... Gambling? A, gambling, yeah. Yeah. J-Lo runs a casino. Maybe George Clooney is like... What are they called? Those card people? counters? Yeah, she's, he's like a... That's a very George Clooney role. He, mm. he's, he's a Vegas card he's counter. He's a card counter. She's the dealer. She's the dealer, the card yeah. lady, yes. And they fall in love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Very good. Um, Out of Mind, directed by Christopher Nolan. Sure, yeah, yeah. He, it all goes backwards and uh, George Clooney has, has no memory of ever meeting her. I guess, yeah, maybe. Or maybe the whole film is a dream. Yes, it's an inception. Hence, hence all the weird time jump stuff and uh, it not being Yeah, all, all the freeze frames are moments when there's like a little glitch in the Matrix or whatever. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and it has a different director, yeah. different films, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're going in wildly different directions there, but yeah, sure. Um, out of this world. Space? Space. They've got to go to space somehow. Sure. Maybe George Clooney becomes the most wanted man on Earth. Sure. And he can't go anywhere without being recognised. He goes to one place that nobody can recognise him. Does he sign up for the Mars One mission or whatever it's called? Yes. There you go. Fine. And he goes up and he meets Matt Damon and they live together happily ever after. Oh, okay. I was thinking maybe J-Lo's also on that mission. Okay, yeah, sure. That makes more sense. Yeah. She's an un- unrealistically glamorous woman who wants to live in space forever on her own and never meets another human being. Yeah. And then sparks fly. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, out of time. Out of time. Is Back this... to the future. Okay, yeah. So is this a time travel one? Yeah, I'd like to say, yeah, time travel heist. Sure. So who has the time machine, J-Lo or J-Clue? I'd, uh, I'd say George Clooney. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm thinking like a Back to the Future sort of thing there, where George Clooney is basically dark and uh, J-Lo is uh, Marty. Well, maybe George Clooney is the latest Doctor Who. Could, and J-Lo could, is his new assistant. assistant. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that could totally work. Yeah. Step down for both of them career-wise, but you know. Yeah, uh, George Clooney make a good Doctor though. Yeah, I think he would too. Basically, I'd like to see for the the sequel to Out of Sight, they go back to Out of Sight again and just kind of relive it. But there's two of them now, and they're trying to do different things. Like, hey, what if I steal the diamonds first? Yeah, maybe there's things like they 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 mess one or two things up. Like perhaps they 
they fix the limp of the uh, the bodyguard. Ah, I see. And so okay. he stops tripping over, and then George Clooney's like, "Wait, if he doesn't trip over on those stairs, then he's going to kill past me, and I'm going to fade yeah. away." Yeah. And so then they've got to make him trip over and stuff like that. Okay, so the, yeah, there's there's lots of like convenient coincidences in this movie. So yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they keep messing those up, and it's like. The chaos effect. That feels quite Steven Soderbergh-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff so, like that. Yeah, so... Like, yeah. like making sure that J-Lo parks in the right car park. Yeah, they need to restore park. the perfect timeline. That They try to find the perfect timeline that gets them to, to end together and they just mm-hmm. can't figure it out. Yeah. Something always goes wrong. And then yeah. eventually they realise, you know what? Maybe we're just not meant to be together, babes. And then that's how yeah. it ends. Yeah. Bittersweet. Um, okay, uh, Out of My Life. Out of My Life, okay. What's Michael that? Jackson soundtrack. She's out of my life. Okay. Uh, is this just Out of Sight, the musical? Yeah, I guess so. Sure, okay. Yeah, I like that. Plenty of J-Lo hits, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've got a few more. These are a bit looser. That I'm nearly done. Um, out on the town. Out on the town, yeah. Yeah, they just... They, they go to Vegas. Sure. Well, they've already been to Vegas. Have they? Yeah, he was a card counter. She was a Oh, that's a different lady. story. They have a night out in Vegas, and it's like the hangover or something. Sure, okay, yeah. Um, out and about. <laughs> out doing the shopping and... Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you we're running out of ideas at this point. Out and proud. Out and proud, okay. George yeah. Clooney comes out the closet. Yeah. Or maybe J-Lo does. Comes yeah. a lesbian. Maybe they both do. Great. Yeah. yeah. Out and stay out. They, they both get kicked out of a lot of bars. Okay, sure. I think. So is this like 20 years later and they're not as sexy? I anymore? don't know, John. <laughs> do you sequel ideas? Maybe don't write 14. These are loose. Okay, These fine. are loose ideas. Fine, okay. You're supposed to bounce ideas off each other. That's what this podcast is. Okay, I'll, I'll, okay put, fine. Put a little bit of effort in, all right? You give me 14 and my, my creative world's running a bit dry. Jesus. Oh, I feel like you've not really come up with many ideas at all. Give me 14 chances. <sighs> okay, you want out, right. out and stay out. What, uh, the, maybe the dogs. Sure, okay. Yeah. Maybe the dogs get, get, keep getting kicked out of the house. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like the Isle of Dogs sort of thing. Yeah, or it's like Lady and the Tramp. Okay, yeah. You know, J-Lo's the lady. Mm-hmm. George Clooney. Actually, that would have been a better remake of Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> George Clooney and J-Lo. Yeah. That would genuinely have worked better. Yeah. I like. I think I like that. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like a live action thing? Looks like cats? Ooh. No, but yes, but no, but, but no, but yes, but no, but yes, but maybe. Mm. I don't know. I, do, I hate it, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, last one I've got here. Outrageously overrated on IMDb. Oh, for God's sake. Fine. Is this just what a film is? of you moaning? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, sure. No. <laughs> it's two and a half hours of me explaining why this film is crap. So this podcast, essentially, the way things are going. Yeah. Well, yeah, an hour 20 so far, so, okay. you know, fingers crossed. Oh, thank God. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's me done. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah. Considering you detested the source material, you had some good ideas there. Mm-hmm. And some not so good ones, but, you know. Thanks. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice positive vibes to give me there. <laughs> Great. What? Well, there were some good ones. I need a new ghost. <laughs> You've saying that a lot recently. Okay. Yeah. Take the hint. What and leave? <laughs> if you could. Um, it's your go next, I think. Okay. See, I also have not come up with a single idea, but... Oh, my God. Well, 14, would you look at that? Okay. 14 smaller ideas. No, I've only got three. Okay. Oh, the dog's then. Um, what about that? Okay. Do you want to listen to them or not? Well, not really, but the listeners might. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I've come up with three small ideas mm-hmm. rather than 14 non-ideas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, first one. Out of Sight 2, The Buddy System. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to, mm-hmm, this is going to be a terrible podcast. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is about Ving Rhames' character. Mm-hmm. As you may remember, at the end of the original movie, he 
gets away. Yeah. He finds in his pocket, the last scene we see of him, he's driving away and he finds that he's actually got all of the uncut diamonds or Wait, essentially cut diamonds. Was, was, that, was that a surprise to him? I think I think he'd forgotten in the whole grand scheme of things that he... I thought George Carlin gave them to him, like handed them to him and just said, here you go, I'm going back in. Well, he, he reacted as though it was like a pleasant surprise. He, he unfolds them and he starts laughing. So. All right. I think in the whole like hurry of them all trying to get away, it wasn't the top thing in his mind. Hmm. But then he realises, oh shit, I've got all the diamonds. Mm-hmm. So this movie picks up with him now, obviously, with millions of dollars worth of uncut diamonds. He becomes a mob boss. Pulp Fiction prequel. There it is. Mm, wasn't the way I went, but you know. No, my route was he decides to go on the straight and narrow, actually. The complete opposite of that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was thinking maybe him and his sister, who's often mentioned but never seen in this movie, but who's super religious, they end up opening a ministry to help reformed criminals to get back on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, who could play... Ving Rhames' deeply religious sister. I feel like you've already got somebody in mind. I do. Care to guess before I reveal? Tiffany Haddish. No! Ving Rhames is like 60. She's like 30. So? It's, it's parents, a big age his, gap. His, his, his parents could be a bit weird. True, okay. No, not, not Tiffany Haddish, as fun as she would be. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg. Ah, okay, yeah, sure. She could even be a nun. Yeah. <laughs> who likes to sing. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that totally works. Uh, that's all I've got really for this one but I was thinking that <laughs> really? I said I've got three okay not all I've got literally okay got like a sentence for that one well I was thinking that maybe this film could be them reforming a, you know Whoopi Goldberg as essentially her sister at character mm-hmm. and Ving Rhames just being Ving Rhames mm-hmm. trying to reform like classic movie gangsters maybe they all like pass through the door so what kind of famous movie gangsters could appear in this like musical ministry for gangsters Okay, well, you've got the Irishman trio. Sure, yeah. Like, all three of them coming through. I mean, just, Even just... Al Pacino, because he's dead. In the movie. What? The Irishman. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, that is news to me. Al Pacino has not, has not died. <laughs> Wait, so is this supposed to be set in some kind of gangster's world? Like, as in the world of the Irishman or the world of Godfather or something? I think it's just set in the world, but it could be the movie world, you know. Well, does Al Pacino dying make a difference or not? Al Pacino's character dying. The character, yeah, well, it, it depends if, if if it's Al Pacino, as Al Pacino, yeah. then okay, he's alive. If it's Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, no, Jimmy Hoffa is dead. Okay. So Jimmy Hoffa wouldn't work. Okay, okay. But, like, characters who live to the end of their franchises would work. Sure, yeah. Okay, Al Pacino and the Godfather. Boom. Fine, yeah, he, he's perfectly acceptable. Okay. So he comes, and then what happens? And then Ving Rhames makes him an offer he can't refuse. Yes, exactly. Which is, be good. Or you'll go to hell. Maybe there's a song. I don't know. <laughs> I never claimed this, these were really... No, no, it's not, is it? This is, this is not your best idea. Okay, fine. I'll move on to number two. Okay. Right. Well, I was thinking... I'm, sorry, that, I'm really struggling to go with this one. Well, I was thinking that maybe Robert Downey Jr. from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang could show up. You know, that, that was mm-hmm. the vibe. I was trying to go for that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And maybe at the end of it, George Clooney also gets out. And so goes back and finds his old mate, Ving mm-hmm. Rhames. And Ving Rhames, like, gives him a, a room and tries to convince him to turn his life around and stop being a criminal. But all George Clooney wants to do is figure out whatever happened to J-Lo. Right. Yeah. As far as I got, but, yeah. I mean, can Ving Rhames not convince him that he can do that without committing crimes? Yeah, maybe that's the movie. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's, okay, so that's the first one. The second idea is uh, called J-Lo's Impossibly Glamorous Franchise. Because mm-hmm. this movie carries on, or maybe starts, I don't know, because this is one of her early roles, uh, a long and glorious tradition of J-Lo playing impossibly glamorous, beautiful versions of kind of regular people. Mm-hmm. So obviously in this, she plays a unrealistically glamorous police officer. 
Mm-hmm. In The Boy Next Door, she played an impossibly glamorous English teacher. Mm-hmm. In Made in Manhattan, she played an unrealistically glamorous maid. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Hustlers, she played an unrealistically beautiful 50-year-old stripper. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems to be her vibe. So I was just thinking, this could be like a whole cinematic universe of movies of J-Lo playing unrealistically beautiful, glamorous... Okay, what's the connection? How, how does it become a universe? Well, I, I don't know, maybe they're all... It's just a series of movies. It could just be called J-Lo's Filmography. So I'm John, thinking, John are, you, are you just pitching a box set for J-Lo movies? Pretty much, but I've added some extra ones. <laughs> I've added some new ones, I'm not just... <laughs> that, is the, that is the emptiest idea we've had yet. Well, I was thinking they could be... I'm John, just, that's, that's, that's worse than when I looked at things that rhyme with Air Force One. Hey, <laughs> I was thinking about fun things that... Fun movie... For, I'm thinking of like a jumping off point for fun concepts for movies starring J-Lo as a very glamorous, beautiful lady. So it could be J-Lo as Judge J-Lo, the world's sexiest Supreme Court judge. Mm-hmm. It could be Sister J-Lo, the world's sexiest nun. Mm-hmm. you got to go with me on this. Do I? Or it could be President J-Lo, unrealistically sexy mm. president in the in a House of Cards style drama. Sure, sure, okay. That's it, that's all I got. Like, I wouldn't be complaining if you hadn't complained that I brought nothing to the table oh, here. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot to go on, to build on here. Okay, okay, sure, sure. Did that have a title? Yeah, J-Lo's Impossibly Glamorous franchise. Okay, okay, great. Okay, last one, last one. This is a bit more, a bit, bit more meat on the bones of this one. So it's not a high bar you've set yourself. Okay. So, Out of Sight Three, mm. The Great Escape. Okay. And this one stars George Clooney. Mm. It is a direct sequel to the original. Uh, obviously, and I assume it's sequel. You just called it Out of Sight Three. Yes, I did. Out of Sight Two, then. Okay. Out of Sight Two, The Great Escape. Right. Sure. Uh, so this one stars uh, George Clooney, and it follows on directly from the original, although twenty years later, mm-hmm. we pick up with George Clooney. In prison, again, for whatever reason, breaking out for the umpteenth time. Mm-hmm. So we just sense that this is his pattern. He, he breaks out of prison, he gets caught, he goes back to prison over and over again. Yeah. 20, 20 years have passed. Yeah. He's still the same. So we pick up with him breaking out of prison for the umpteenth time. Uh, via a series of wacky coincidences as mm-hmm. part of his escape, he ends up having to hide out in a women's prison. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not doing Orange is the New Black because we <laughs> beat that little horse to death. Mm-hmm. But, you know... It's that vibe, though. It's a woman, just a woman's prison. He's, to, he's escaped a man's prison. Maybe he's crawling through the sewers and he jumps out thinking he's going to jump out in the middle of a field, but he jumps out actually in the middle of the nearest women's correctional facility, which is like across the road. Okay. And he's like, God damn it. Yeah. But he's trapped there now. So now he's trapped in a women's prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does he have to pretend to be a woman? Yes. Right. Yes. So he befriends the female inmates. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I'm thinking of this is essentially this is a live action version of Chicken Run. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I know Chicken Run is in itself a claymation version of the Great Escape, mm-hmm. but it's just going all the way around. I'm adding like the female elements of it. Yes. Yeah. So yes, I like the idea of George Clooney having to dress in drag uh, and hide out in a women's prison mm-hmm. and help the female inmates to using his expertise, his famous expertise at breaking out of prisons. Like he's well known for being an, an, like a, an internationally famous prison escape artist at this point. Mm-hmm. He promises to help the female prisoners in in, in return for them not dubbing him in for them helping him to hide he's going to help them to break out right, essentially okay. so that's what he's trying to do all the while while he's trying to help the women to break out of prison mm-hmm. he's having to evade the watchful eye of the mysteriously familiar looking prison officer played by J-Lo <laughs> in a franchise crossover <laughs> right. of the impossibly glamorous J-Lo franchise as J-Lo 
sexy prison warden. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And I'm thinking that in this particular women's prison, all of the female prison officers are impossibly sexy older ladies. So you've got like Sofia Vergara, Rachel Weiss, Salma Hayek, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and then as the prison warden, as the head of the prison, the grand dame of sexy older ladies, Helen Mirren. I thought you said Jayla was the warden. Or she the guard, she's, sorry. she's one of the officers. Right, she's right, just a prison right. officer, okay. yeah. So it's a prison staffed entirely by... Is Helen Mirren, like, sexy? She's, like, well, she's very well, you know, she's, she's very well preserved for her age, you know. I mean, she looks, she looks great, but she looks the age she is. Sure, but she's always been known as, like, you know, compared to Judy Dench and Maggie Smith, she's, like, the glamorous one, you know. All right. She was in Calendar Girls. You know. So? So were a lot of women. Okay, fair. Well, sorry. sorry you don't find Helen Mirren sexy. I'm just putting it out there. No, I just never really thought about it before. Okay, well, there you go. A lot of people do. Okay. Doesn't matter. So, yeah, George Clooney is in drag in a women's prison mm-hmm. filled with ridiculously glamorous women prison guards who he's having to hide from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I've, I mean, surely a bunch of them fall in love with him. Come on. Of course, of course, yeah. Well, no, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking it could be really funny if he was... Because, like, George Clooney is obviously a very, you know, considered a very attractive man. Mm. What if he made a really ugly woman? Like, sometimes really attractive men do not make the best drag queens. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like he's the ugliest woman in the facility. Right. So his, his like, drag queen alter ego, who's, like, he's, he's in deep cover as a woman in this prison, is becomes known as, like, the real dog of the prison. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, what a face, like a sack of spanners, you know? Yeah. You know? five o'clock shadow you know everything. it's just she just get, becomes the butt of all the jokes mm-hmm. and I, I guess at some point like in Chicken Run he will have to find a way to help the women to escape yeah sure that makes maybe sense. he helps them to fashion a giant bra <laughs> that they can then use to fling themselves over the prison I'm thinking of Chicken Run where they make the plane yeah 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 so like you know, something as silly as that so they have to because all these these are all like sexy busty ladies obviously in mm-hmm. this ridiculous prison so yeah, they fashion like a giant elasticated bra made mm-hmm. up of like lots of smaller bras, maybe, yeah. <laughs> and they use it to fire themselves over the fence and escape into freedom. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, See, that's what this should have been—that level of ridiculousness. Yeah, well, so yeah, I've taken it to a place you can get on board with then. <laughs> so that was Out of Sight Two: The Great Escape. Okay. Or Out of Sight Two: Chicken Run, but without chickens. All right then. All right then. Should we get to listeners' submissions? Yeah. Cool. God. What have you got? Um, I have a few here. Let's have a Good. Look. I mean, I've, I've got a few that are actual submissions. I've got a few that are just general comments. Sure, go with whatever. Um, so, just to give a bit of context to some of these comments, I have uh, in this status said, Out of sight, the Jennifer Lopez, George Creedy romantic heist movie, it's worse than it sounds. Never got a sequel or spin-off, but if it did, what would it be about? Mm-hmm. Just so I've said, I hate this movie already. So, Josh Moore, his, his first thing, he says, out of mind, obviously. Yes. Somebody's replied, saying, out of body. George mm-hmm. Clooney goes to visit Doctor Strange. Very good, yeah. Daryl Corrigan says they've got two spin-offs. Do you have any idea what that means? Other I than, did other, read... other, other than Jackie Brown I've got here. Oh, Jackie Brown. Uh, there was a sh- very short-lived TV series based on J-Lo's character. It was not J-Lo playing her, though. And it got cancelled after, like, three episodes. Mm. So it was, like, the further adventures of, like, J-Lo, hot cop, but not played by J-Lo. Who, who played her? Carla Gagino? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't last. Yeah. Just checking. Did you research that before this, or is that the thing that you knew? I, I, fa- I found out through the course of I am of like Wikipedia in the film. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, that'd be a weird thing to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So obviously in, in my status masking for sequel ideas, Kelly Gilkinson has just said, but why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like these people... Good, are, good, just... good question, Kelly. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've been doing it three years and I still don't know. Uh, Dale Beverly said, it's a great movie. What is this guy going on about? Thank you. Thank you, Dale Bev- Beverly. <laughs> Some of taste. Yeah. Um, Alex Dro- Drozd, I think, said, uh, I like that movie. So you're in the minority. You are massively in the Seems minority. Seems to be a good adaptation of Elmore Leonard material. Yeah. Right. Yes, it is. God damn it. And last one here, my favourite. Kevin Wright says, out of shite. Out of shite. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have some as well. Jed Jong said, out of mind. It's this, but Inception. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. Chris Gee said, knives out of sight. Anna de Armas, the Latin girl from who played the maiden Knives Out, mm-hmm. plays the thief. George Clooney plays her mentor. Ving Rhames plays her partner. Oscar Isaac plays the FBI agent. And J-Lo plays his boss. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Brian Markowski said, Sight to sight, Federal Marshal Karen Sisko must transport a federal witness into protection. There are only three problems. The mob that's trailing them, the witness is blind, and Karen's falling in love again with her job, but in all the wrong ways. Mm. Mm. Oh, dear. Stephen Jones said... Clooney snaps and goes on a rampage in Out of Sight, Out of His Mind. <laughs> Adam Bailey said, Out of Sight 2, where did I put my reading glasses? <laughs> and finally, Julio at Contrarian Prime <clears throat> said, Out of Breath, Clooney and J-Lo re- reunite, make out for 90 minutes, then she arrests him again. It's kind of their thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah? Great. So thank you everybody for your listener submissions. We ask for your sequel ideas every week on uh, our social media platforms, including Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe to our podcast and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else where you can get podcasts. If you really enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review, which also really helps us out. And uh, you can also follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beyondtheboxset, where you can access extended episodes, bonus episodes, join our Facebook group, and all lots of other great stuff. So please consider doing that. Uh, you can find all that information in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. So next week, mm-hmm. Harry, okay. we have another guest. All right, sure. Yes, uh, we have Pete Allison of BBC Radio Leeds is going to join us. Ooh. Yeah, very fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be joining us to talk about a classic, classic Roald Dahl adaptation that we haven't done yet, oh. which is uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ah, great. Okay, yeah, sure. The, the 70s one with Gene Wilder, not the ropey remake with Johnny yeah. Depp. Okay, yeah. bends the rules a little bit, but I'm willing to go for tricky. it. Cause... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no official sequel to that movie, let's put no. it that way. Pretty damn fine film, though, isn't it? It is very I good. I mean, it'll still be something to talk about. I look forward to it, yeah. I look yeah. forward to revisiting it. So, yeah, join us next week with Pete Allison for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Great. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Good girl, now I'm gonna open up the. Hey, 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 now! Now you're putting holes in your car!